Shalom Malakim, peace be upon you, and welcome back to the broadcast. Today, we are going to resume our study in the book of 1 Samuel. We're ready for chapter 24 and 25 this morning. Uh, a couple interesting stories that take place. Uh, chapter 24 is a story that many of you have heard. Uh, this is where Saul enters into a cave to rest. Uh, and uh, while he's resting, David comes in and cuts a piece of his garment off to demonstrate to him that he's not an enemy of Saul and that he views Saul as God's anointed and he doesn't feel like it's his place to take Saul's life. And uh, so we have that story. And then we have a story of this guy named Nabal uh, that uh, I find pretty interesting. Uh, and it, I'll just give you a little hint. It also reminds us that names, when it comes to Hebrew, mean something. You, you know, the name speaks about the person. And uh, I'll, I'll share with you what Nabal or Nabahal means uh, when we get to that part of the story. All right, limited time this morning, so we're not going to uh, ramble. We're just going to get started. Chapter 24, King James Bible, although here in about five seconds, I'm going to stop and complain about the NIV here for just a minute, the NIV translation for just a minute. So let's read the first few verses here, and then I'll share with you my thoughts. Chapter 24, verse 1. And it came to pass... When Saul was returned from the Philistines, that it was told him, saying, Behold, David is in the wilderness of Engedi. Then Saul took three thousand chosen men out of Israel and went to seek David and his men upon the rocks of the wild goats. And when he came to the sheep goats, by the way, there was a cave, and Saul went in to cover his feet. And David saw Saul, and David and his men remained in the sides of the cave. And the men of David said unto him, Behold, the day of which the Lord said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thy enemy into thy hand, that thou mayest do to him as it shall seem good unto thee. Then David arose and cut off the skirt of Saul's robe privily. And it came to pass afterwards that David's heart smote him because he had cut off Saul's skirt. Alright, here's the part I want to rant about. It's not really a big deal, but for some reason it's always bothered me. It says in verse 3, And he, talking about Saul, came to the sheep goats by the way where was a cave, and Saul went in to cover his feet. Now that phrase, that idiom, that figure of speech means to go in and get out of the sun and rest. Okay, that's what it means. He's going to cover his feet. It also makes sense with the story because David is able to cut off his garment which would be pretty difficult to do without Saul noticing and, and hearing David unless he was asleep, right, resting. The NIV says that he came to the sheep's pen along the way. A cave was there, and Saul went in to relieve himself. Um, and I've heard, and I guess that statement could mean he went in to relieve himself, meaning he went to rest, but that's not how it's interpreted, I feel like, through commentaries and things. People interpret it as he went to relieve himself, as in he went to the restroom. Which is just not correct at all. That's not what that figure of speech means. And it doesn't even make sense with the story. If that's what Saul was doing, 
according to the NIV and its commentators, um, then you mean to tell me Saul's not going to notice some David coming up behind him with a sword and cutting off part of his garment? I mean, come on. This is ridiculous. Anyway, we'll move on from that because it's really not important at all, uh, but it just bothers me along with so many things that uh, involving the NIV translation. Needless to say, it gets saw. It says that David. See, David didn't take his life, but David even felt bad about cutting off his garment. It says here, and it came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him because he had cut off Saul's skirt. You see, David viewed Saul as the anointed of God, and he didn't view it his right to avenge himself that vengeance belongs to the Lord and so David is waiting for God to deal with Saul he doesn't think that it's his place to deal with Saul as we will see verse 6 and he said unto his men the Lord forbid me that I should do this thing unto my master the Lord's anointed to stretch forth my hand against him seeing he is the anointed of the Lord so David stayed his servants with these words and suffered them not to rise against Saul but Saul rose up out of the cave and went on his way. Notice it says Saul rose up. It's because he was sleeping. He was resting. Verse 8. David also rose afterward and went out of the cave and cried after Saul, saying, My lord the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David stooped with his face to the earth and bowed himself. And David said to Saul, Wherefore hearest thou men's words, saying, Behold, David seeketh my hurt? Behold, this day thy eyes have seen how that the Lord had delivered thee today into my hand in the cave. And some bade me to kill thee. But my eyes spared thee, and I said, I will not put forth my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. Moreover, my father, see, yea, see the skirt of thy robe in my hand. For in that I cut off the skirt of thy robe and killed thee not. Know thou, and see that there is neither evil nor transgression in my hand, and I have not sinned against thee. Yet thou huntest my soul to take it. The Lord judge between me and thee, and the Lord avenge me of thee, but my hand shall not be upon thee. As the proverb of the ancients, as saith a proverb of the ancients, wickedness proceedeth from the wicked, but my hand shall not be upon thee. After whom is the king of Israel come out? After whom dost thou pursue? After a dead dog? After a flea? The Lord therefore be judge and judge between me and thee, and see and plead my cause and deliver me out of thine hand. It came to pass, when David had made an end of speaking these words unto Saul, that Saul said, Is this the voice of my son David? And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. And he said to David, Thou art more righteous than I, for thou hast rewarded me good, whereas I have rewarded thee evil. And thou hast showed this day how thou hast dealt well with me, for as much as when the Lord had delivered me into thy hand, thou killest me not. For if a man find his enemy, will he let him go away? Wherefore the Lord reward thee good for that thou hast done unto me this day. And now behold, I know well that thou shalt surely be king, and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in thy hand. Swear now therefore unto me by the Lord, 
that thou will not cut off my seed after me, that thou will not destroy my name out of my father's house. And David swore unto Saul, and Saul went home, but David and his men got them up unto the hold. That's the end of chapter 24. We're going to read chapter 25 in a minute, but I just want to take a moment to just acknowledge the fact that Saul has these moments of, of clear thinking where he's not clouded by his anger and, and, or the evil spirit that's sent upon him from the Lord, the scriptures say. He has these moments of clarity, and, and in this moment he has a moment of clarity. And he even, weep, he even weeps. He calls David his son. He's just kind of reminded of that relationship. And, and then he acknowledges, he's like, I know that you're going to be the king of Israel. And he's saying, when that happens, please do not cut my seed off. Because what was kind of standard is, you know, with uh, many kingdoms around the world at that time, is if when a new king came in, all the descendants of the old king were killed, right? He's saying, please don't do that. And David makes that promise and that oath, which we will see later on through the study uh, that come into play and be important. All right. Let's read chapter 25. It gives us one verse about the death of Samuel, which is interesting, seeing as how this book is called 1 Samuel. And then we have this issue with this guy named Nabal. And uh, we see the righteousness, though, of Nabal's wife. And so let's read chapter 25. Verse 1. And Samuel died. And all the Israelites were gathered together and lamented him and buried him in the house of Ramah. And David arose and went down to the wilderness of Paran. And there was a man in Moan whose possessions were in Carmel. And the man was very great. And he had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. And he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. Now the name of the man was Nabal, Nahal, Nabahal in Hebrew, but Nabal. And the name of his wife was Abigail, and she was a woman of good understanding and of beautiful countenance. But the man was churlish and evil in, the, in his doings, and he was as of the house of Caleb. So you have Nabal, who's evil, as the scriptures say, but his wife was wise and beautiful. Verse 4. And David heard in the wilderness that Nabal did shear his sheep. And David sent out ten young men, and David said unto the young men, Get you up to Carmel, and go to Nabal, and greet him in my name. And thus shall ye say to him that liveth in prosperity, Peace be, be, peace be both to thee, and peace be to thy house, and peace be unto all that thou hast. And now I have heard that thou hast shearers, now thy shepherds, which were with us, we hurt them not, neither was there aught missing unto them all the while they were in Carmel. David's, in this first statement, David's having his servants tell Nabal that, hey, we've been around your people and we haven't harmed them, we haven't taken anything that belongs to you, we've basically been a wall around you while you shear your sheep. Verse 8, ask the young men, and they will show thee. Wherefore, let the young men find favor in thy eyes. For we come in a good day. Give, I pray thee, whatsoever cometh to thy hand, unto thy servant, and to thy son David. 
And when David's young men came, they spake to Nabal according to all those words in the name of David, and ceased. And Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David? And who is the son of Jesse? There may be many servants nowadays that break away every man from his master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my flesh that I have killed for my shears and give it unto men whom I know not whence they be? So they've went to this guy and they've asked for food, basically. And Nabal is acting like he has no idea who David is and sends him away with, uh, with that arrogance and with that pride. Verse 12, So David's young men turned their way and went again and came and told him all these sayings. And David said unto his men, Gird ye on every man his sword. And they girded on every man his sword, and David also girded on his sword. And there went up after David about four hundred men, and two hundred abode by the stuff. So David's not too happy about this, and so he's girded up his men, their swords, four hundred of them. They're going to go deal with Nabal. However, verse 14. But one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, Behold, David sent messengers out of the wilderness to salute our master, and he railed on them. But the men were very good unto us, and they were not, and we were not hurt, neither missed we anything, as long as we were conversant with them when they were in the fields. They were a wall unto us, both by night and day, and while we were with them, keeping the sheep. So a servant comes to Nabal's wife, Abigail, who's actually wise, and says, Look, some servants of David came unto Nabal, and he railed on them. And these are the same people that were a wall for us day and night while we sheared our sheep. Verse 17. Now therefore know and consider what thou wilt do, for evil is determined against our master and against all his household, for he is such a son of Belial that a man cannot speak to him. I like that statement. It's like this guy, he's so evil, he's such a son of Belial that you can't even reason with him. Verse 18. Then Abigail made haste and took two hundred loaves and two bottles of wine and five sheep ready dressed and five measures of parched corn and a hundred clusters of raisins and two hundred cakes of figs and laid them on asses. And she said unto her servants, Go on before me. Behold, I come after you. But she told not her husband Nabal. And it was so as she rode on the ass that she came down to the covert by the covert of a hill and behold David and his men came down against her and she met them now David had said surely in vain I have kept all this fellow hath in the wilderness so that nothing was missed of all that pertained unto him and he hath requited me evil for good so and more also do God unto the enemies of David if I leave all that pertain to him by the morning light that perish against the wall. Or, I'm sorry, by the morning light that pisses against the wall. Verse 23. And when Abigail saw David, she hastened and lightened off the ass and fell down before David on her face and bowed herself to the ground and fell at his feet and said, Upon me, my Lord, upon me let the iniquity be. Let thy handmaid, I pray thee, speak in thine audience, and hear for the words of thy handmaid. 
Let not my lord, I pray thee, regard this man Belial, regard this man of Belial, even Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name, and folly is with him. But I, thy handmaid, saw not the young men of my lord whom thou didst send. Let's look at this statement real quick. So she comes to David, falls on her face, and says, Please don't regard this man of Belial, even Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name. So then it begs the question, well, what's Nabal mean? So Nabal in Hebrew means fool. Okay, so she's like, look, his name is fool. Please don't regard what he's saying. He is what his name suggests he is. He's a fool. He's a son of Belial. This guy's an idiot. Please don't regard this. And she goes on to say, I didn't see the men that you had sent. Okay. Verse 26. Now therefore, my Lord, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, seeing the Lord hath withholden thee from coming to shed blood and from avenging thyself with thy own hand, now let thy enemies and they that seek evil to my Lord be as Nabal. And now this blessing which thy handmaid hath brought unto my Lord, let it even be given to the young men that follow my Lord. I pray thee, forgive the trespasses of thy handmaid, for the Lord will certainly make my Lord a sure house, because my Lord fighteth the battles of the Lord, and evil hath not been found in thee all thy days. Yet a man is risen to pursue thee, and seek thy soul, but the, but the soul of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of life with the Lord thy God, and the souls of thy enemies shall he sling out, out of the middle of a sling. And it shall come to pass, when the Lord shall have done to my Lord according to all the good that he hath spoken concerning thee, and shall have appointed thee ruler over Israel, this shall be no grief unto thee, nor offense of heart unto my Lord, either that thou hast shed blood causeless, or that my Lord hath avenged himself. But when the Lord shall have dealt with, thy, with my Lord, then remember thy handmaid. So she's saying, don't do this yourself, but when your God, when the Lord your God deals with Nabal, remember that, and remember your handmaid, remember me, she's saying. So she knows that God's eventually going to deal with her husband. And she's saying, she's asking David to remember her when that day comes. And David said to Abigail, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which sent thee this day to meet me. And blessed be thy advice. And blessed be thou when thou hast kept me this day from coming to shed blood and from avenging myself with my own hand. For in very deed, as the Lord God of Israel liveth, which hath kept me back from hurting thee, except thou hast hastened and come to meet me, surely there have not been left unto Nabal by morning light any that pisses against the wall. He's saying, I'm glad that God sent you to restrain me from avenging my own self. Because if you had not come and spoke wisdom to me, there wouldn't have been anyone left of Nabal's household. There's verse 35. So David received of her hand that which she had brought him and said unto her, Go up in peace to thy house 
See, I have hearkened to thy voice, and I have accepted thy person. And Abigail came to Nabal, and behold, he held a feast in his house like the feast of a king, and Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very drunken. Wherefore she told him nothing less or more until the morning light. But it came to pass in the morning, when the wine was gone out of Nabal, and his wife had told him these things, that his heart died within him, and he became as a stone. And it came to pass about ten days after that the Lord smote Nabal, that he died. So you see, he's getting drunk and having a party, having no idea that he was about to die that night by the hands of David if it wasn't for his wife. Then when he's finally sobered up the next morning, she explains to him what happened, and it says that his heart died within him, and within ten days the Lord smote him. Remember that your life, all of our lives, is in complete control of God. He decides when a man lives and when a man dies. You don't get to decide this, neither does anyone else. God decides the day of your death has been appointed. Anyway, that's a whole other topic. So he dies. Verse 39, And when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord that hath pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal, and hath kept his servant from evil. For the Lord hath returned the wickedness of Nabal upon his own head. And David sent and communed with Abigail to take her to him to wife. And when the servants of David were come to Abigail to Carmel, they spake unto her, saying, David sent us unto thee to take thee to him to wife. And she arose and bowed herself to her face, to, bowed herself, bowed on her face to the earth, and said, Behold, let thy handmaid be a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my lord. And Abigail hastened and arose and rode up on an ass, and five damsels of hers went with her, and she went after the messengers of David and became his wife. So she asked him to remember her when this day came, and he takes her as a wife. Two more verses. David also took Ahinoam, Ahinoam of Jezreel, and they were also both of them his wives. But Saul had given Michael his daughter. Saul had given Michal his daughter, David's wife, to, Plat, to Palti, the son of Laish, which is in Galim. See, Michal was David's wife, but David had taken her and given her to another man, is what has happened here. That's what it's, that's what it's informing us of. And so David has taken these two women to be his wives. Abigail, who used to be the wife of, of the fool Nabal, and then another woman, Ahinoam. I'm not going to speak on the multiple wives thing. It wasn't that uncommon at that time. But one thing that we do know is that David's love for beautiful women will eventually become a problem. A devastating one on his household. And we all know the story and we'll talk about that story when we actually get to it. That's all I have for you this morning, my friends. I hope you enjoyed the study. And hopefully it's given you some things to chew on. I'm sure you know, that you're catching some things that I'm not as I read through it. And some things are speaking to you because it is the Word of God. And the Word of God is living and alive and true. And uh, so hopefully it's uh, speaking to your hearts and causing you to draw closer to God. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.